In my quest to discover more about the people around me, I asked them, do you like cheese? And they said no. Isn't that wild? It's wild. I can't even... It's funny that you bring that up because the do you like cheese question is one of my like favorite memories of like childhood. And by favorite, I mean also most hated of just like little kids like always going up to you being like, do you like cheese? How is that a thing you experienced? That was not a part of my cult, like my childhood memories. Oh, I don't know. No, it was like all the time. It was like a hilarious joke. Like when I was in high school and like doing theater, of course, of course, for like, and we do like matinees for like our local like catchment schools. And then it would, there'd be like a question period so they could like understand Shakespeare and stuff. And they'd, oh no. No, one of the questions other than like, did you really cast was also like, do you like cheese? And it's like, child, that has nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet. Like, please move on. But also the firm answer of yes, duh. Well, yeah. Well, anyway. Welcome to Pantry Stables. The podcast where we dish on your favorite foods. I'm Emily. And I'm Marika. And uh, this episode is not about cheese at all. No. It is. It's just, uh, it's actually more of us rambling like this, because why not? Just figured you should see more of the nonsense that Marika has to deal with. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, sometimes we get on tangents, as you perhaps were aware, and uh, sometimes they're funny enough, I think, to save, but not funny enough (laughs) to make an episode like four (laughs) hours long. So, ah, uh, yes, the idea that we do cut some of the stuff out instead because it's absurd how long it takes us to get through just like two pages of notes. Yes, uh, but here's the proof of stuff that's been cut out. Uh, it's uh, gonna be an exciting time, and we hope you enjoy. Yes, indeed. Uh, besides this, look out for our other episodes on manners coming right up. Oh, yes. Also, just check out our Instagram, Pantry Stables Pod, because there will be a super fun uh, gift guide for your holiday enjoyment up there of different, you know, good little farm-to-table organizations you can support and fun restaurants that you could get gift cards to and all the good stuff that you should be spending your money on in a year when, you know, the food in general industry has been hit rather hard. Yes, so exciting. And uh, that Instagram is, of course, Pantry Staples Pod. Yes. All right, okay, bye. If I may take you down a brief sojourn to Lost Hills, California, I just had, because in that um, the article that you read, the, mm-hmm. the dust, whatever. Kingdom one, of Dust. Thank you. I was like, not Desert of Dust, that's not it. Anyways, they mentioned Lost Hills, California in that article, and I just need to tell you about the time when my mother got us lost in Lost Hills, California. It was hilarious. So we're driving from San Francisco to Anaheim, because we're going to fucking Disneyland, (laughs) and great old times. So we're driving, and Elsie is an acknowledged uh, direction troubled individual Mm, mm -hmm. she knows it's a fact um so she has the gps on in the car one would think that this would keep us safe Tis not the case so we're driving through the middle of like fucking nowhere like there's 
nothing around to see. We're just like on the highway, just passing fucking tumbleweed. And next thing you know, mom realizes, oh fuck, we have like no gas left. So she puts the GPS, the destination. Now we switch it to the nearest gas station. So she's driving. I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, again, I'm quite young at this time, but like, I'm just aware that like we're in a pickle and (laughs) we are just driving around like left, right and center trying to find a fucking gas station. And we're like almost out of gas. And now we're in like, we're off the highway and into like the suburbs, which when you're talking about like living conditions for these migrant workers, like there's a lot of, and like, maybe this is just me from my like very like white middle-class suburban neighborhood. I was like, oh, this looks like a little bit sketchy here. Like Mm -hmm. it looks a little bit like less well taken care of. It looks a little bit more like you know, just rough around the edges kind of. And so we're driving through these areas. We cannot find a gas station for the life of us. And I'm stressed about it. And my mom's just like straight chilling. She's like, whatever, it's fine. Like we're going to find something. And uh, next thing you know, we drive past a, like a factory basically, or like a farm that it's quitting time. So all Mm. these like Mexican workers are just fucking getting out of there. Just like hordes and hordes and hordes of them. And so my mom pulls over and is like, could you please direct us to the nearest gas station? And one of them actually like drove ahead and like showed us where it was. And they were so lovely and friendly. And uh, we go, we get gas, we buy pistachios, which is kind of why this ties in. My mom gets her visa bill later for like this trip. She looks at it. This is from fucking Lost Hills, California, which it's like no fucking kidding. We were very lost. But anyways, shout out to Elsie for like taking what is kind of a stressful situation being lost in the desert with two small children and (laughs) not being ruffled. Yeah. And shout out to that guy that helped you find the gas station. Exactly. Just like, again, just like lovely migrant workers just doing their best everywhere, getting the pistachios so that we could have them at the gas station. I think, did I have a, I don't think I had, I looked for like a, vegetarian curry worst when i was in I berlin but i feel like you would have been very hard pressed to find it oh everywhere is like like vegan sausages are a thing i don't know hmm. especially in berlin i feel like berlin has like a huge amount of vegans but i don't know if that's just because they're punks <laughs> the punks and the vegans they only exist together you are correct um i so remember <laughs> I remember when my mom and I were in Berlin and we were just like walking, we walked all over Hell's Half Acre to get to this one specific brunch spot because we're like, well, we might as well go here today. Why not? And uh, it was so delicious. But I just remember looking at the menu being like, this is some real like organic vegan bullshit as well. (laughs) Like I loved it. Super fun. There was a man eating with his shoes off the entire time. Ew. It was fine. It was outside. Toes in a restaurant. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I think I've realized that I take my shoes off a lot. Like at work, if I'm sitting down somewhere, like I'll take my shoes off. Or if I'm like in a movie theater by myself, I will definitely take my shoes off. Do you wear socks? No, you never wear socks. (laughs) No. Okay. Like in the winter though, if I'm wearing boots, yeah. And that's usually when I do it because I don't want to have boots on my feet, like getting my feet sweaty in the movies. That's true. Yeah. So sorry. I feel like we're going to get more comments about this than about anything else <laughs> just the continuous hearing about my feet is a problem at least someone write a nice review about my feet please saw them they um, weren't terrible 10 out of 10 five stars not as bad as expected <laughs> we haven't got a nice Chianti yet <laughs> 
Oh, Again, stop careful. with the ASMR. Come on now. You don't want us to get this, you know, in the wrong hands. The amount of times I have to cut out the weird noises that in my head sound good and that are just like so garbled and horrifying in post. It's like, mm. <laughs> what can you do? Oftentimes, in terms of mythology, there are two foundational myths because they're amalgamations of two separate areas, which I think you knew. But just to reiterate, like, mm-hmm. that's what it is. So it's probably that they just got stuck together and we needed to have some stuff about the ocean. I would love Freud to have analyzed that. <laughs> um, I read an article in it and it was talking about, like, um oysters as an aphrodisiac and somehow in the article they managed to work in the freud quote sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and i was like bullshit bullshit to you freud it's like i'm like i mean i don't want to get into the whole like idea of lack and like the Mm -hmm. (laughs) freud but like i'm sorry but how badass is it for this like great goddess of love and just like and sex to be like yeah i'm just gonna rise up from a severed penis Actually, yeah. and now though, now that I'm saying that, it makes it seem like she is a walking, talking phallus. No, and it's also not, like, necessarily a severed penis. Like, obviously, that was in there. But it's more like, I think the idea in general is, like, it's cum. Like, that's Oh, the foam. It it's foam. She's yeah. on the foam. Yeah. But also, what's so interesting about Aphrodite is that she's often paired, like, often Greek gods are paired in, like, they're grouped together mm. uh, in, like, duos. And the duo is usually Aphrodite and Ares. And there is something super, like, aggressive about her love in the characterization all the time. And very much, like, dangerous and, like, warlike. Which is just so interesting. That's not what we're here to talk about, though. No, but I I mean, this is what I want to talk about. It's like, yeah, I always remember, like, she's, like, such a jerk. And, like, all of them. She's such a jerk. Everyone's always talking about, like, how Hera's, like, a raging bitch. I'm like, um... Hera has been wronged time and time again. The poor woman. She's pissed off as hell because all the gods are just like, haha, Zeus is getting it with everyone. And Hera's just like, could you just not disrespect me for 30 seconds for the love of God? And then Aphrodite's just running around like, you didn't tell me I was pretty today. Fuck you. Literally. Literally. Ugh. And like the Aphrodite and like the, the Paris, the test of Paris or whatever. What's it called? Judgment That's of Paris. A, thank you, Judgment. I was like, it's not a test. Um, judgment of Paris. So fucking great. Ugh. Also, just like how typical. What are you going to choose? All these other great things or just like a stupid hot chick who's obsessed with you? And I feel like there is a part of it that, like, we just, like, he, we often talk about how, like, he just went for, like, the hottest chick around. But really, he went for the hottest chick around who was going to be obsessed with him. Yeah, that makes sense. Power moves. That's all he wanted over her. He's all power moves. I mean, ugh, Paris. I wonder what the ideal face shape for that would be. I feel like you can't have, like, a big nose. I think you have to have a tiny nose so it doesn't mm-hmm. get in the way. Which, yeah. I have a big nose, so that's a problem. You don't have that big of a nose. I have an above-average size nose. I just think you have an above-average size face. That's very true, actually. Just in general. <laughs> like, a large fucking head. That's fine. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I mean, it would be weird if I had a small head on, a t- like, a large body. That'd be very strange. Yeah, that would be worse. As someone with a small head. (laughs) 
My mom has a really small head. Have I told you that she wears kids' hats? I wear kids' hats! Well, you two can bond over that. Your mom's head doesn't look small. I guess she has, like, big hair. Yeah, that's the thing. The big hair makes it less noticeable. Yep. Dastardly Confections is a perfect segue into my next little sidebar, which is candy cigarettes. Oh, yes. God, I remember those. Yeah, they're so fun. I just got to some. <laughs> or the lamest, both options. I mean, there is nothing lamer than just like pretending to smoke a white a stick of chalk. Especially oh. since, like, we were raised in the era of, like, don't smoke, it's so bad for you. Like, there was no reason for these things to be, like, an appealing, like, candy. Well, and the candy itself was horrible. Horrible. Like, the worst candy. It like, literally chalk. Like, that's not candy. Worse than candy corn. Okay. <laughs> I actually don't hate candy corn. I know. I actually have recently run into people who do like candy corn. I feel like I've never actually had it. I just always thought that it was gross and was, or heard that it was gross and then didn't. I mean, it is gross, but there's like kind of an appeal to it occasionally. Like, I don't ever want to like purchase candy corn, but if Mm -hmm. somebody put like three pieces of it in front of me, I'd be like, okay, I'll handle that. Is it caramel flavored? I have no idea. It's candy corn flavored. Hmm. I almost feel like if it tasted like sweet corn, I would be pleased, like more happy about it. I don't think that the world had the kind of palate to do a corn flavored candy back in the day. A corn flavored candy corn. Yeah, I don't think we were up for it. It also doesn't look like corn. No, no corn looks like that. Anyway. It's a mystery. Candy cigarettes. So, Victoria Sweets is a company... Uh, that are claimed to be the original, the quote, original manufacturers of kitty cigarettes since 1915. <laughs> They're like bragging about it. That's so wild. Yeah. And, and this is a thing where I didn't know about this because when we were enjoying candy cigarettes, <laughs> enjoying, uh, it was a, after lots of like, about what I'm going to kind of go into here. It happened. And also in Canada where, as I will also get into, they were straight banned. So the candy cigarettes were banned or like heavily regulated. So in the States and earlier, cigarette makers authorized the use of their logos on candy cigarettes since 1939. Wow. So like you can look up pictures and this one article I read had, like, fully pictures. It would be, like, a box of, like, Paul Malls. And there'd be, there'd be pell-mell candy cigarettes. And it's, like, exactly the same. I love that so much, but also hate it so deeply. And it's, like, they have uh, quotes from both candy and tobacco industry spokespeople as basically saying, yeah, like, it's candy cigarettes are great advertising for future smokers. The advertising game was so strong back in the day. Oh my goodness. It's just, yeah. Uh, So ever since around like 98, name and logo duplication is like not really allowed or is like kind of stopped. Now they're not called candy cigarettes. Most of the time they're called candy sticks with an X. Oh yeah. I feel like I had those. Yeah. And there was a whole thing where the 
they like did some studies and <laughs> it was basically just like these look like cigarettes like kids know that these look like cigarettes and they're like ah we'll remove the word cigarette from the package it's like yeah it's <laughs> Ooh. um God, the tobacco industry is so dark but anyway i know well okay so and then the time of this one article which was like written in about 2000 most candy cigarettes in the states were still sold with paper wrappers to memorize to mimic the look of a cigarette or with red dye at the end to show like the lit ember and had like icing sugar puffs when you blew on it no like could not get more this is so incredibly creative like (laughs) terrible but very creative i mean it's so fun like the puff is so interesting yeah, well, again, I mean, we were getting the regulated ones. <laughs> yeah, never saw that. Cool we need the stuff. contraband candy sticks. <laughs> uh, the American Surgeon General put out a report in the mid '60s, like right before their report on the health effects of actual smoking, <laughs> that raised concerns about the packaging similarities and warned that some people might think tobacco companies were trying to lure kids into smoking. <laughs> What? what a crazy notion. Also, so interesting that the article, like, was discussing and seemed to be concerned with kids having, like, interest in smoking before the actual article about, or the research about the dangers of smoking itself. The thing is, the way that it was, like, this was talked about in the article I read, I don't think that they were concerned about kids smoking or, like, getting used to smoking. They were concerned that some people might think that tobacco companies were trying to get kids to smoke, which they were like, that's ridiculous. We know you guys aren't trying to do that, but some people might get the wrong impression, guys. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's in deep pockets there, man. Yeah. I mean, nine out of ten doctors recommend (laughs) pell-mells. Wow. Okay. This is good shit, man. It's great. Uh, There were a couple studies in the 90s that looked into the link between candy cigarettes and, like, smoking in children and adults. Uh, One found that sixth graders who used candy cigarettes were two times as likely to have also smoked tobacco. In the sixth grade or just later on in life? I think in the sixth grade. What? Ah. This is the other thing is like we grew up in a generation where nobody was doing that or maybe we're just so white and so privileged that we didn't see it but like nobody was smoking in the sixth grade that I knew of. Uh, I knew some people who smoked but they were like the smoking kids. So interesting but I feel like before that it was just like every other kid was like 12 years old and was just like deeply addicted. Well yeah because like your parents smoked. And everybody was doing it in the house too. Mm Mm-hmm wild my mom used to smoke and uh she would like sterilely clean the house so we had no idea i didn't know that until like years later oh fascinating my mom smoked but she quit before i was like born and my mom was the kind of smoker who would like brush her teeth like five times after each cigarette that's adorable because <laughs> she hated tobacco <laughs> <laughs> almost like it's saying certain things out loud like how my mom hated meat but then ate meat it's like "Mm." anyway oh and in that same study a number of the children that they interviewed referred to the candy cigarettes as smoking toys 
Oh boy. Not as candies or snacks. There was like, oh yeah, like these like smoking toys. The world was so wild. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there was a different study which was paid for by the American candy companies that made the candy cigarettes, which found that 5.3% of adult smokers considered candy cigarettes to have contributed to their habit. Which is like... A shockingly low amount. It's a pretty shocking, but it's like, if you're looking, you're an adult, you're being like, yeah, I mean, I guess when yeah. I was a kid, I did that and now I smoke. However, those not at all damning or very exciting facts were like basically covered up in the final publication of that study, which is real sus. But. Typical. Yes. Uh, candy cigarettes, as I said, have been banned or more heavily regulated in a lot of countries. So Canada, the UK, Australia, and then a lot of like, I don't know, Middle Eastern countries like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar. Mm. Interesting. Which I guess makes sense. I don't know. Do they? I have no idea. I don't know. Cut that out. Very good. Um, In the US, they have tried and failed to ban them a number of times, which is not at all shocking. (laughs) Oh, boy. And then just lol at this quote from one of the candy company's attorneys saying that they would, quote, resist all efforts to remove their fun, healthy foods from the market just because they are allegedly to resemble tobacco products. Allegedly to resemble tobacco products. Fun, healthy foods. It's a stick of chalk. Oh, boy. It's wild. Just, I mean, every so often, all of the jokes about lawyers are true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Leia, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. Again, that's Pantry Staples Pod. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye.